this morning. I just feel led of the Lord to do this, and we're not going to take a long time, uh, but I just, I want to ask if one or two of the guys would just stand up and just come up here and give us your biggest takeaway from men's retreat. Tommy, come. Your biggest takeaway. Make it real quick. Um, just to understand something, that when you're going through a battle in your marriage, and the devil wants to take it away. He gives you that one word you're looking for, and that says, Tommy, just love on her. Be that loving man that she's been looking for, and I'll take care of the rest. This here is, is Tiger Davis. He's my golf partner. We had a good time. We had a good time, Brian. I just one one night we me and uh, I just uh, Dennis's grandson won the championship deal, but I went and played. I'm forty. Anyway, anyway, I beat Dennis's grandson in the game of twenty one. But then that wasn't even the good thing. It was when I, it was when I was I, saw I was tired. And me and Elijah were walking back to the deal, and we were just talking about fellowship, and we were, and it just, we were talking, you know, like, you know, what it'd be like being, in, it's like being in heaven, just, you know, but what is, was, we were on streets of asphalt, but we'll be on streets of gold. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we had some, we had a very incredible time. To an incredible testimony. Uh, of one of the ministers in our in our district, and and uh, I know that when you get when you get men together, you begin to worship, begin to call out to God. God just does does amazing things, and so we had a great time there. Appreciate all the men that went. I want you to take your Bibles this morning, and let's go over to Matthew the eighth chapter. Matthew the eighth chapter. I don't want you to rush off this morning. I will tell you ahead of time uh, that we will be praying in these altars in just a few moments, and uh, we're going to go as long as the Lord leads us this morning. But you're not here by accident. I don't believe in accidents. I believe God has divinely appointed you not just to be in the service today, whether you continue here in Crossroads or not, but we need to understand God has called you into this time, into this arena, into this place, if you will. He has purposed for you to make an impact for the kingdom of God. And the more that we can have clarity on that vision, the more that we will begin to understand uh, the importance and the value that we bring to the table. Amen? Matthew, the eighth chapter, we're going to begin at the first verse there. And as you go there, let's go to the Lord once more. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your loving touch, for your kindness, for your great grace. Lord, I thank you today that you, Lord God, are a such an awesome God. And Lord, we love you and we need you today. I pray for the anointing of your spirit, the energy of the Holy Spirit today, that you will reach down and touch our hearts and open our eyes. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Let's look here. It says, When he had come down from the mountain, after he had preached the, uh, preached the, uh, the, the Sermon on the Mount, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And when Jesus put out his hand, he touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Now, I want you to see here, and as we look, and this, the title of this morning's message is Greater Response. 
And I'll, I'll talk more in detail of that in just a moment. But what we see here is that Matthew, each of the gospel gives an account uh, of the life of Christ. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John called the, the, the synoptic gospel, then John, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, synoptic gospel, and then John was written later on. But what we see here is they give different accounts of the miraculous. You've got to take all four of them into account to get the, get the narrative of the story. But what we see in this is that Matthew is recording, and the first miracle of physical healing was not the Lord's first miracle, the Lord Jesus' first miracle of healing, but it was the first one Matthew recorded in the 8th chapter. And so it's interesting as I looked at that, as, as I, I was reading there in the Gospels, and I noticed that he was the first one that, that was mentioned there. I think that we can probably gain a lot of identity and a lot of similarities with this leper. And some of you are looking at your skin saying, how in the world are we going to do that? But as we look at this on a spiritual side, we begin to see that uh, the effects of leprosy that takes place in a, in a body. We see that the leprosy might begin with a loss of sensation in the body. When leprosy comes about and what will begin to take place is the nerve endings will be affected by this leprosy. And then the tendons will begin to draw up and the, and the limbs will begin to, circulation will begin to cut off and, and, and the fingers and the digits will begin to draw in. And if this condition continues, then eventually with the loss of blood, there's the, the fingers and the toes over a course of sometimes decades begin to fall off. And we see here that ritually these lepers were considered obviously un, unclean and in fact the law demanded interesting enough the law demanded that the leper had to be separated from any other person by six feet I did the same thing when I read that. <laughs> Those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, wake up. Amen. In the Middle Ages, the priests, they would come forth and they would, if a person contracted leprosy, they would just say they, uh, they would actually read the burial service over them. They were considered the living dead. The, all of their all of their life once they contracted leprosy it was a a life of isolation separation they couldn't wear just regular clothes because they had to be readily identified so they would take clothing that was wore out they would take clothing that was dirty and they would put it on and they would wrap themselves up wrap their face up so that and if anybody got close to them or they were Afraid that they were going to get close enough to catch what they had, they had to put their hand out and cry, unclean, unclean, unclean. Of course, there was leper colonies that, that began to gather because these people had no more community. They, they could only associate with other lepers. And so they would begin to gather around. And, and the thing about leprosy that we don't understand is that when the nerve endings being, being damaged, what would happen is they would lose feeling in their members and then they would subject for a 
uh, an injury that returned into an ulcer. And then next thing you know, there was, there was infection that they couldn't even feel would cause such harm to their bodies. So they were, maybe not even purposely, but they were subject to self-harm because they no longer had any feeling in their bodies. How much more as we look at this and we see the likeness of sin, and that's what leprosy is viewed upon as sin. And I did not realize this, but some of the commentaries that I was reading, I discovered that even the rabbis disdained, even in Jesus' day, they disdained the, the lepers. They didn't want to have anything to do with them. Uh, in fact, they separate. They didn't, wouldn't even walk down a street if there was a, a thought that a leper was down on that street. They just totally separated. But what we see here is that Jesus comes along and he's coming off of this great ministry campaign, if you will. He is preaching to multitudes and gives the Beatitudes and he talks about the kingdom and the principles of the kingdom and he's leaving the great crowd of people coming down off of that mountain and lo and behold, there is a leper there and he begins to worship the Lord and he said, if you are willing, if you're willing, if you have a willingness, you can heal me. Jesus could have just thought healing and that leper would have been made whole instantly. He could have spoke a word and that man could have been entirely whole. You know, last week we talked about Lazarus coming out of the tomb. And the truth is, is he was trying to partner with Mary and Martha, but he didn't need them in order to raise Lazarus from the dead. Don't let your, your, your confidence in God be subject to the unbelief that's around you. Because there was unbelief everywhere Jesus went, but still he healed and he saved and he delivered and he set free. So here we see that Jesus used multiple ways to heal people. But what we see is Jesus wasn't afraid of that leprosy. He violated that six-foot distance there. <laughs> If the wind was blowing, they had to be 150 feet away. <laughs> but he reached over and touched him. He touched him. Here's the thing. Jesus is not scared of your disease. He's not scared. He, he's not intimidated by cancer. He's not intimidated by cancer. He's not intimidated by stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four. He's not intimidated by that. He's not intimidated by, by any form of leprosy. He doesn't, it doesn't bother him. In fact, he's touched with the feelings of our infirmity, yet he's without sin. He is, he is more than able to, to respond to your situation. But here's the question we have to resolve. Here's the question we have to resolve. Lord, if you are willing, if you're willing, if you're willing. Now, if you study the Word of God and you study Jesus in the Gospels, you will discover this truth. That there was no one that came into contact with Jesus with an infirmity that he did not heal them. He healed them all. 
It didn't matter what they, if it was a person filled with a demoniac and they came into the presence of Jesus, guess what? That demoniac was going to be delivered that day. If it was a, 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 a blood disorder that took place, God was going to heal that. If it was a, a, a child that had died and they brought it to Jesus, Jesus delivered. But there was no sickness in the Word of God than they came into the presence of Jesus that Jesus didn't heal. Then why isn't everybody healed? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that out. But what I do know is this. God is willing to heal. God is willing to heal. When we throw in all of our formulaic methods and we start throwing in all of our ideology and our theology and our failures and our shortcomings and we get it all muddled up kingdom of God is as a little child and I believe the kingdom of God will flow through the individuals that just will just say God I don't know I don't understand I just believe you for it I just believe you for it now as we look here I want you as the church of Jesus Christ to understand he went about teaching in the synagogues. He went around preaching the gospel according to, to, to Matthew 4.23 and healing the sick. Part of the gospel message is the healing of the sick. And I don't know for whatever bizarre reason the Lord has started Andrew and I on this path. We shared a little bit on Wednesday night, but I believe, in fact, I was, I was saying, Lord, do you really want to start that this Sunday? Do you really want to do this today? I haven't quite studied this all out. I don't know that I fully understand this entirely. Do you want this today? And the Lord said, yeah, that's exactly what I want. I want this today. But see, he's willing. We've got to resolve that, that question in our mind. God, are you willing? Are you willing to heal? And the answer is, yeah, I'm willing. The Lord Jesus is saying, yes, I am willing. Jesus put out his hand and he touched him. Possibly for the first time in that, I don't know, I don't think God touched him where he might have had feeling. I think he touched him where he didn't have feeling. I think that maybe that place that was numb because of that disease all of a sudden, there was something begin to happen. I, I, this is just the way I'm, I, I, I could visualize it today. Maybe there was a, a, a moment where that guy understood as there was a there was a touch beyond the touch and there was a transference beyond the, the, the physical. But when Jesus touched him, I, I believe he touched him in a place where now he began to have feeling again. I believe the Lord is touching some hearts today where you thought you were dead and there was no way to get out of the situation. There was no way for healing or deliverance or hope. And God is touching you now and you're feeling something and it's kind of freaking you out a little bit. Now, so we look here, we see he told him to go and show himself to the priest. Why did he do that? The Lord Jesus said, shh, don't tell anybody. Just go show yourself to the priest. Why? Because he could not enter back into community or relationship as long as he was declared a leper. As long as he had that diagnosis, as long as he had that 
that, that stigma, that he was, he was there, that God's desire was to bring him back into relationship with his family and with his community. See, the Lord was, brings us out of sin to bring us back into relationship. Not so that we can live in this isolated bubble to keep ourselves from ever being hurt again. There's relational healing that I believe is going to be released in the body of Christ. Released in the body of Christ. It's a miraculous healing that takes place. And now this man is not who he was before. He has now been renewed by the touch of God. Now, this morning, we see that it was as he began to praise, the presence of God was there, and the promise was declared, and restitution took place, and this man was healed. But see, the greater response, and this is what the Lord spoke to me just a few days ago, just a few days ago, as we have been thinking about uh, the, the miraculous healing, physical healing, emotional healing, relational healing. As I was thinking about this, the Lord just began to show me I have a greater response to the enemy. A greater response. See, we, are live, we have lived in living through the last year plus of a, of a sickness that has come upon the world. And the Lord would declare to you today, I have a greater response than that sickness. The enemy comes in like a flood, but God raises a standard. God raises a standard, an ensign, a, a symbol, a banner, a, a declaration over us. What is that symbol that we look to uh, to understand that God's standard is greater than the flood? It is the cross of Calvary, but what we include in the cross of Calvary as you look at the American flag, you don't just see the, uh, you don't see the completed uh, fabric that is there. You see the representation uh, of, of 13 colonies. You see the representation uh, of, a of, of a war that took place to deliver us from British oppression. What you see is 50 states and those stars that have come together. What that represents uh, is not just the struggle. It represents the victory. It represents a, a, a country. It's, a, it's the all-inclusive story as we look at that. But see, when we look to the cross and what we see is the all-inclusive story that Jesus Christ came and he died. He was crucified for my sin, for your sin. They nailed him to the cross, but he's not on the cross anymore. They put him in the grave, but he's not in the grave anymore. He has risen and he is at the right hand of the Father. It's time the church gets off the cross and out of the grave and start living the resurrected life in Jesus Christ. I am not who I was. I am a new creature. All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. It's a greater response. But how many of you, like me, with your imagination, you hear the flood? And you think of a tsunami flood that's coming along and you're thinking, how in the world is it going to stop? When you look at the circumstance in the world and that's what you view, you view, my Lord, there is a tsunami flood that's just rushing in to our world today. And you think, what in the world? And now you see there that the Lord said, when the enemy comes in like a flood, I'll raise up the victory flag. And we put too much credit 
on the flood and not enough understanding and revelation on the standard that has been risen. We see because it is packaged so many times in what we might imagine as being less, but in the kingdom of God, it is more. When we see the armies of Pharaoh come out and they're coming against the children of Israel and they rush in on them and it looks like they are trapped by the mountains and by the sea in front, what is God's answer to this army? He puts a pillar of fire between the two. He's got a greater response to the enemies that are coming in after you. Now, they are there and they're trapped. Landmass and the sea, millions plus people there, covenant people of God heading to the land of promise. And now there's a Red Sea in front of them. What does God offer? He offers a greater response. And that greater response is the wind as it begins to blow. Oh, Holy Spirit, begin to blow and begin to part what seems absolutely impossible for us. Let it begin to part and we will make our way through that dry highway that you just prepared and that impossible sea and folks we see that God has a greater response to the things that are happening in the world now this leper he comes out see he has been identified who knows how long we have no idea did he contracted leprosy from a childhood was it his early 20s 30s was it later on in life? He's, he's got this leprosy. And now he has stepped into this place. And the Lord says, I've got a greater response than sickness. I've got a greater response to your sickness. I've got a greater response than your diagnosis. I've got a greater response than, than, than what the doctors are telling you. I, I've got a greater response to your sickness. Let me show it to you. It's my stripes that I bore. According to Isaiah 53, surely he hath bore our sorrow. Amen. He, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. As we look here, what we see is, folks, we got to get to the place and it, only by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. But I believe as we press in towards God, God begins to open up our hearts and minds. As, as we draw nigh to God, God draws nigh to us. I, I believe there's a revelation that we can find if we will draw nigh to God. If we'll just push in toward God, if we'll just begin to push in toward the Lord, I believe the Lord will begin to reveal things to us. And what, he, what we need to understand is God has given a greater response than what you may have been diagnosed with. There's been a flood of emotions that have come into your life as a result of the things that have happened. And it literally feels like you're going to be swept away by all of the debris that it's picked up along the way. 
And you're at a place now, you're just like, God, I'm questioning whether or not you really understand, you really know, and you really care about my situation. And I would say to you that because of, of your condition and your situation, God knew you would be there. And he has a response to that. And his response is the fact it's a greater response. It's his stripes upon his body. But as we look here to the word of God, what we also discover and if you, did, if you haven't been here on Wednesday night and work may not allow you to and so on and so forth, but if, you're in the, if, if you have an opportunity, I would encourage you to go back the last two Wednesday nights and listen. And those of you that are not aware, we do have church on Wednesday night. Just throwing that out there. It wasn't a, it wasn't a slap. It was more of a slap. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> But you, you can glean from not what I say, but what the Spirit would say to you in those messages. But see, what we've discovered is that the identity we've been walking in is not the identity God has intended for us to walk in. That we've been living well below our means because God has, uh, he's got a greater response than my former identity. In fact, he said that I am accepted in the beloved. And with that acceptance, I can live in peace. I can live in harmony with God. I can live in relationship with others because I'm not looking for offense. I'm not walking in rejection. I am walking in acceptance because I am accepted in Jesus Christ. Well, see, this leper would have done himself no benefit to continue to walk around with those leper, with the leper clothing. He had to cover him, his face. He had to cover his head. He had to walk around unclean, unclean, unclean. And you, people look at you, and all you can see is through the fabric of that, of that leper clothing, and you're not seen clearly. I don't know if Andrea shared this or not, but I was preaching the other day about God bringing us out of those prisons. She, had a, she said, you know what? The funny thing is, when I was talking about, you know, banging the bars and slinging across there. But, you know, we look out from our prison cell and we think God's in jail. <laughs> think about it. Lord, you're in jail. You're confined. You're, you're not getting it? You ever been in a cage, you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> look out them windows, you know, hey. You know, getting out of here. Still door slam and you look through those bars, you know what I'm saying? I ain't always been saved, understand? <laughs> now, I didn't go to prison because of righteousness. Not prison, but, but jail. It was usually out of stupidity. Something minor and stupid, but anyway. Yes, I, I digress. Let's get back on track. But see, if you've lived in a cage all your life, many times you're you, you, you look through the bars of your prison and you think God is in prison? Do you think God has no control? Because that's, that's your viewpoint. The same thing happens when you live with a spirit of rejection. You live with a spirit of rejection. You think you're looking through those prison bars and you're not seeing clearly. You're not seeing that God has given you a new identity. 
that you have no more need to be angry with those who are accepted. You rejoice and celebrate because you understand that they are children that God loves, and when they win, the Father wins. If you're living in a life of rejection and a rejected spirit, that's not as bad as a child of God living in that state of being never feeling the love that the Father has given. This leper came closer to believing the miraculous power of God than he did to come in belief of the miraculous love of God. Do you hear me? We can believe in the power of God, but we forsake the very love of God. Why do you believe the Lord wants to heal? Because God wants to manifest his love to you. So that now you come out. His greater response to shame is the acceptance in the beloved of God. There may be a floodgate of, of shame that has come into your life. It, it floods in and it floods in and it floods in. And you feel rejected. You feel dejected. And you feel like there's a tsunami of shame. And there's no way you can ever come out of that. And you think, God, can you do anything with me? And the Lord says, oh, yeah, I can. I can bring you out of the shame. And I can bring you into acceptance. And now you can walk not as one dejected but one who has been received into the fold of Christ and you can walk knowing that you are genuinely radically abundantly and miraculously loved every single day of your life so every time you feel shame or rejection understand there's a greater response and that greater response is the acceptance of God to the point that God can release you. But here, folks, this leper has been diagnosed. This leper has been categorized. This leper has either gotten too close to another leper and contracted this disease. This, he's either done things that caused this to happen in his life or or, or, or not I don't know some things are our fault some things are others fault some things are combination of faults I don't know Jesus didn't ask all the details the Lord was just ask a question if you're willing you can heal me the greater response to shame is acceptance the greater response see I don't I don't want to walk in that identity anymore I don't want to hover around with this blind notions that God is in jail and I am on the liberated side. As I said Wednesday night, faking the final finished work of Christ. See, that's what religion offers you. It's an outside in change of your life. Uh, we'll dress up a pig and clean a pig. Oh yeah, pigs are smart, I know that. You, you get them all gussied up and you get them all prettied up and you put lipstick on them and next thing you know you turn them loose and where are they headed right straight back to the same mud hole they came out of <laughs> you can dress up a sinner and you can make them look like something religious 
But let me tell you, the kingdom work is not an outside job in, it's an inside job. And when you get the inside job taken care of, the outside takes care of itself. You know, I, I don't believe in this just hard, fast rules unless you're in the area of ministry and leadership and we're bringing a presentation and you should know better. We, we bring a presentation so we want the world to know we, what we do, we take seriously. But if you're coming in off the street and you're a cusser, let me tell you, let God cleanse you that cussing. If you're a smoker, let God cleanse you that smoker. I'm not going to do it. In fact, I like to monitor to see your progression in God. Amen? I don't want to clean you up with a bunch of rules. I want the Holy Spirit to clean you up from the inside out. I, I'm not interested in some fake performance. I want to see something real. Because inauthentic, inauthentic um, reaction to the gospel is not what the Lord is after. Because free people act like free people, where bound people act like bound people. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to fake this thing. I want it to be real. But there's a greater response. Stop for a moment and think about this. There is a greater response to your shame, a greater response to your sickness, and a greater response to your sin. You overcome sin by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. See, the sacrifice, there has been a floodgate of sin that has rushed into the world from the very beginning. But let me tell you, when you raise up that standard, how many have watched movies, you've, you've studied history? Who usually raises the flag after the battle? The winner. The winner of that battle. You raise that flag up that over that situation, folks. Let me tell you, it changes everything. I'm going to stop with this, and we're going to move into these altars. Isaiah 31 and 9. If you don't have this scripture written down, write down this, this reference right here. Isaiah 31 and 9. Their stronghold will fall because of terror. The stronghold of the enemy will fall because of the absolute fear that will grip them. At the sight of the battle standard. Their commanders will panic, declares the Lord, whose fire is in Zion, whose furnace is in Jerusalem. Woo -hoo. I read out of the new international version. That one's good too. But let me tell you what strikes fear in the heart of the enemy and causes things to fall off of us is when we raise that standard. It's already raised, but it needs to be raised in here to where we understand is Jesus is not on that cross anymore. He came and lived the perfect life. He came and offered the perfect sacrifice. He went into a tomb that was borrowed because he went to a womb that was borrowed and now he rose from the dead and he's at the right hand of the father making intercession for you he's calling your name out before the father as we speak 
He is the great high priest. He is no longer dead. He is alive. Now, I want our worship team to come on back up. And if somebody's got the app, turn some air on. I'm about to burn up in here. I know you hadn't been running around and, 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 and spitting and hollering. And if you're cold, just snuggle up. But today, I believe God is going to do something in these altars. I, I do. Now, here's, here's what I want you to know. God is God. I am not. Will everybody be healed that we lay hands on? Hope so. I hope so. But this is what I found out as Andrew and I have been, been studying. Do you realize that people who believe in Pentecost get healed? Do you believe in people that don't believe in Pentecost gets healed? Do you know that people that in the Episcopalian church have healing ministries? Do you know that there's some Baptist folks that believe in healing? Do you understand that God wants and desires to manifest himself in healing? He wants to manifest himself in healing. So let's, let's don't get all caught up that some people use formulas and it works. Why? Because God manifests himself in his love and healing. But I don't know that we need to get all wrapped up in, in formulas and trying to, to tell God what he can do and he can't do. What I do believe is what we need to step into is this. God, you are willing, and Lord, I'm just going to trust you. I'm going to trust that your sacrifice is enough. I'm going to trust that your standard that you raised was more than enough. Some of you are facing situations many in here may not even know about but I want you to do this if you be diagnosed with cancer I want you to come to this altar and we're going to pray with you this morning if you're in this house and you have been diagnosed with any form of disease and you want to believe God today to trust we prayed Wednesday night one of our ladies she came in with a knee brace and she went out without a knee brace. We hadn't figured all this thing out yet. But one thing that we have found to be true in all of our studies of healing, people are more likely to get healed who are prayed for than the ones that are not. And this is what the Lord spoke to me a few weeks ago. I have a greater response I have a greater response than what has come upon this world I'm speaking to the church there's been a worldwide pandemic there's gonna be a worldwide release in the body of Christ for healing would you stand you need healing today I want you to come please don't leave this altar until we have an opportunity to pray with you